Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. We are... Oh, man. This is a momentous thing. This is a... <laughs> podcast, and I have to let you know two things I'm right gonna ble- start. I'm going to bleep that out. Yeah. That we are... What? That we are... <laughs> podcast? Uh, just the... Just... Don't say it again, okay? We're a podcast. This week, we're just a podcast. We're just a podcast, because we will not be discussing... I'm going to bleep that out. I'm telling you, every time you say it, it's coming out. Can we say uh, student-athlete sports or amateur athletics? Uh, You can say collegiate hobby podcast. Huh. Yes. That that, that sounds like this is a marijuana podcast. A a non-credit college-sanctioned club event. This this here's a robot club podcast. <laughs> this is a Quidditch podcast. Quidditch. Yeah, we're not talking about that which shall not be named. Yeah. Welcome. We're here to talk about ROTC. <laughs> there's there's but there's a simple reason for this. We're going to get to do that really soon. And this is just a little breath of fresh air before How we many days How many days? Uh, I think right now we're looking at 10 before the first set again, which we won't talk about in any detail because that would violate the terms of the podcast. Let's say 10 until the the day of the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Wink, wink. Correct. That's the only sporting event that day. Wink, wink. Yep. Yep. Um, Before we get get, started in earnest on this non-sports podcast, can can I bring one thing up? I know you haven't done introductions. Go ahead, introduce us real quick. Nobody cares. Uh, yeah, I'm Spencer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. that's Ryan and yeah. that's Jason. Hi. That's Ryan, who you can hear in New York, and you can hear beautiful Jason Kirk's voice live from Kennesaw, Georgia. So, so here's my thing. Um, <sighs> hold on. First, I just two things. I'm going to start with this. I literally just got a. Uh, chat message from holly who's with you i believe in atlanta but will not be appearing on the show because she knows better and has better things to do with her time uh this is the message i got he being spencer is trying to peel and eat an orange with one hand while scrolling twitter with the other i didn't say eat an orange peeling peeling an orange (laughs) okay so there's that if you Um, were to eat it with one hand you'd be like a fly right isn't how flies eat with their hands. I think they. I thought they vomit on their food. Hmm. Well, I mean no, that I happens think sometimes that's birds. too. Oh, huh. you're you're thinking of hippopotamuses, Ryan. <laughs> um, here's a, the other thing. I, I we do have a programming announcement I want to put out there, and I kind of talked about it on Twitter this week. Um, some college administrators, people in athletic departments, people who otherwise work for college, listen to this show. Why? Anyone's guess. Um. You may have noticed that the University of Florida recently was faced with the decision of whether or not they were going to let white nationalist Richard Spencer hold a speaking event on campus. This caused a great deal of consternation amongst people currently or formerly at Florida. Um, And uh, they decided that no, Mr. Spencer will not be holding this event because of the risk of violence. And without getting way too far down this path i just want to say that there's a standing offer that i'm making on behalf of my two co-hosts 
if you give us 24 hours notice, we will show up and do a live podcast at your college. So that way, you you know, if you're faced with, oh, this neo-Nazi group wants to come and have an ice cream social, and I don't want that, but I also don't want to deal with everybody saying, oh, the colleges are killing the First Amendment, safe spaces, snowflakes, cucks, cucks, cucks. If you don't want to deal with that, and I understand why you wouldn't, just say, sorry, Fullcast already has that space. And it doesn't matter that you haven't talked to us. It doesn't matter that you haven't cleared it with us. As long as you give us 24 hours notice, I guarantee that at least two of us will show up, do this podcast, and charge you $0 for it. Are you guys comfortable with that offer? I am completely comfortable with that offer. Welcome now, to the shutdown yeah, I, filibuster. You, you, here's the thing. You're thinking, oh, well, I work for a college that... Um, maybe is Division Three or doesn't have a team or whatever. Y'all, that doesn't matter to us at all. Not even in the slightest. Not one bit. No, just go ahead. If you, if you are, if you're actually like a local Kiwanis club and you have, you know, the Beer Shack, right? Like the old VFW, and uh, some white nationalist dork who doesn't even know how to, like, iron his own shirts, right? I don't. See, you have no excuse. I'm a guy who doesn't know how to iron a shirt. I'm not a white nationalist. Losers. But if, they, if they're trying to rent out the Kiwanis Club, then uh, you, you just call us, and you say, Hey, we're over here in uh, Fishhook, Wisconsin, and uh, we really need your help because uh, we need to say it's already booked. You book the full cast. Yep. All right? We'll do it. We'll do it from... The old VFW slash the Beer Shack in Fishhook, Wisconsin, if that's what you need. Because we care. We do. And we're just, here, we're just here to waste like, like, space. Yeah. <clears throat> Jason put it best. Other people, um, other people commit to change by donating their time, and we do it by wasting others' time. They're both valuable. Yeah, just uh, just, and, and, just, a, just a big bottomless void with, from which from which no no hate speech can escape. Shut down filibuster is an excellent concept for this. <laughs> I assure you, no one will waste your time quite like we do. Hold on, we'll yield the floor just as soon as we're done <laughs> talking about grocery stores and bicycles and why the two don't mix. Um disagree let's just let's just dive into yeah, big, big, big differ on that right okay okay that's okay. a good idea ryan hey hang on real quick <laughs> so if you had a bike through grocery store um as long as you didn't have the stuff on the bottom shelf too low or if right. you did provided you had like some sort of a dip where someone could you know go down go go down below sea level and grab stuff on the way that sounds pretty great also people would wreck into each other all the time so maybe how if people pay? were oh here's how you do it here's how you do yeah. it you have people on yeah. rails like you're at a um like you're, you're like you're on like a 2002 arcade shooter game like you're the game sure. of your Aerosmith shooting musical discs at, at 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 your enemies you remember that one yeah yeah you do that, time, but a time short. crisis if you will yeah time crisis so you're your time crisis but you're on a on a on a on a bicycle in a grocery store and like if you miss you know if you miss the canned beans well too darn bad guess you need to pay 25 more cents to go back through <laughs> that's the aerosmith part yeah we'll have um, aerosmith in our grocery store 
Jason, start us off with a, again, a question that has nothing to do with the sport which we ostensibly cover. You said sport. Um, so <laughs> we did get a few sort of genres of question, like, uh, you know, lots and lots of people wanted to know about uh, specific bulk topics. I think one the, the most popular one might have been dogs. People want dog advice. Um, so from Blanks73, what kind of dog should I get? And hmm. my personal advice would be, uh, they're all good. Get probably if get the biggest dog you got room for um don't get a purebred because they're more expensive and it's not really worth it you get you get you get you a perfectly good dog that's not uh you know not ten thousand dollars because you can trace its lineage back to charlemagne or whatever um our dog we have no clue what all it is and and he's great and he's uh he's medium size that's that's the size we went for but that, that's the entirety of my dog advice. Yeah, I would say that if you don't have any special needs, requirements, if there's no allergies in play, right, then go ahead. Get get a rescue. Go and, by the way, if, even if you're the kind of person who says, yeah, I know it's not cool, but um, I've always wanted this specific kind of dog, lucky you. There's rescues for that kind of dog, too. Okay, and most of them are responsible. A lot of them are just crazily responsible, like almost too responsible, in my opinion. They want to like come to your house and look at you, and you know, make sure that you have like Great Dane-sized hands. Like you'll need a good pair of mitts to get your hand on that dog. Um, like they're they're great, so you could do that too. So yeah, go 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 rescue a dog. This question comes from Tom Kaiser, our friend at Kaiser Troll on Twitter. Favorite Michael Crichton novel? Mm. The most important question of 20. How long has Michael Crichton been dead? Like, I want to say like 10 years or something. Pretty sure he's one of those guys who like kicked it in his like 50s. Like, I don't even know if he was 50. Six, so, he, yeah. he, he died at 66. Um, yeah. So like, he, but he, he, was was, still, <laughs> he was still pretty young. He was actually attacked by a velociraptor. Couldn't believe it. it you know what? He foresaw his own death, at least. Um, man, I am the, this will be shocking to you. I was the kind of person who read a lot of Michael Crichton novels. No. I know. Who could have seen it? Did I do these things on vacation when there would have been other things to do with my family? Yup. You yes, bet did. you did. Did I get sphere for my birthday one year? Yup. <laughs> yes, I did. These are embarrassing things to, uh, to unveil, but. I have no choice. What else am I supposed to do? I will tell you, I do admire Michael Crichton for this, that he received the finest education that you can pay for in going to Harvard and then Harvard Medical School and then deciding, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to write about insane carnivorous gorillas. It is impressive how many of, of Michael Crichton's books have been turned into movies of really just wildly varying quality. Because, like, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is still probably my favorite film experience. I'm not going to say it's the best movie, but it's the one that I have the fondest memories of watching and still greatly enjoy. Um, Lost World was garbage. Timeline, that was a movie, apparently. Uh, yeah, I just don't... Uh, a lot of questionable choices in here. 
How to lose a guy in 10 I, days. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I will tell you something. You go, man, let's see, that guy went to med school. He wrote a bunch of books. And, like, he, you know, like messed around with, you know, video games and scripts. And, man, you know, this guy must have been, uh, this guy must have been unbearable to live with. <laughs> like, every time you see somebody who's really productive, you go, yeah, I bet he was an absolute horror to keep in the house. He was. He was married five times. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, no, there's there's that. something wrong with that. You need to um, give up. You need to give up after two. Also, also, um, extreme global warming skeptic. So, <laughs> sure, he's. You know why he was a global warming skeptic? He's one of those people who you know, like the, so many who get PhDs from the internet, is so smart that he cannot accept a solution he himself did not arrive at. Right. Well, like, well, that's yeah. fascinating that you studied all of that and you devoted your entire life to it. But I came to a different conclusion after reading eight PDFs. Um, apparently Michael Crichton was six nine. Nice, huh? That's that's a fucking huge dude. That is. So think about it. He's this huge dude who probably is just like, what I want to talk to you about is genetic engineering. You're like, oh god, get away from me. Don't be don't be famous and successful. These people are unbearable. I'm totally here to like graft the tallest tulip phenomenon onto the American populace, right? Or the tallest poppy syndrome, right? Where they're like, man, he's exceptional. Like he's literally taller in a lot of ways. Let's be more British about it. It'll be like pfft, tosser. Now, Michael Crichton, it's not based on um a novel that he wrote, but um, are you familiar with the film Runaway from 1984, starring Tom Selleck, Gene Simmons, and Kirstie Alley? <laughs> no, I, I'm a, not. There is a really good episode of How Did This Get Made, um, an excellent podcast about terrible movies and why they exist, um, about this very film. And it's all about basically malfunctioning sentient robots. I highly recommend I you try to find it. The best Crichton novel is by far Eaters, oh, of, Eaters of the Dead. Eaters of the Dead. Eaters of the Dead. Because it's the, movie, it's the book that was the basis for the 13th Warrior. Deeply underrated film. The Antonio because, Banderas vehicle. Right, where Antonio Banderas um, plays a, I believe, I believe he is, of course, miscast. They're like, hmm, let's see. We need somebody who's an Arab. Let's get Antonio Banderas. Um, and they have him go to basically what is Scandinavia to, he gets trapped there with a bunch of Vikings and they end up fighting Neanderthals and all the Vikings do the entire time in the movie is laugh, hoist huge swords, get drunk and kill people and laugh. That's it. Right? Like they hand them large, like they hand poor tiny Antonio Banderas, like one of their huge swords. And he says, that is too heavy to lift. And they're like, get stronger. Ha 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 ha. Like they're, that's it. And it has this, like, it has that whole scene where they, like, call to their ancestors before battle that they're coming to Valhalla. It's, it is one of the best stoner movies of all time. Also, they fight Neanderthals. It rules. This movie was so bad, according to Omar Sharif, who's in it, that he didn't do, take another role for four years. And this is his quote. Um, after my small role in The 13th Warrior, I said to myself, let us stop this nonsense. These meal tickets that we do because it pays well. Unless I find a stupendous film that I love and that makes me want to leave home to do, I will stop. 
Bad pictures are very humiliating. It is terrifying to have to do the dialogue from bad scripts to face a director who does not know what he is doing in a film so bad that it is not even worth exploring. <laughs> it's great. See? Oh, Omar Sharif loved it. Like, he put his heart and soul into it so much he couldn't make another movie for years. Yeah, you, you should, should probably, also know. You could probably you should... recut, recut that quote so it just says, like, terrifying Omar Sharif. <laughs> <laughs> that and that and Omar Sharif probably did it because he owed money to people playing bridge. Well, you know that like he actually he actually quit playing bridge and I quote because I was tired of being ruled by my passions. <laughs> so so next time you're like, oh, I don't know if I need that Chick-fil-A sandwich. I don't know if I need to eat this ice cream. Just say, are you tired of being ruled by your passions yet? Yeah, he Omar Sharif had a bridge computer game. Omar Sharif's Bridge? Omar Sharif on Bridge, released for MS-DOS and Amiga in 1992. <laughs> One more Omar Sharif story. He swears that he and Peter O'Toole blew every dollar they made in La on Lawrence of Arabia in a night. Oh, yeah. That's... In one night. You'd be foolish not to. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that was a satisfying question of the yeah. long a, diversion. A, a good deep dive. Spencer, do you have another one? Hmm. I'm looking. I would say, I'm trying to pick. I think I think I'm just going to go with a real basic one, which is this. And it's going to it's going to require some hard truths, okay? We're going to have to be very frank with ourselves. I'm I'm open to that. I'm great about that. Okay. <laughs> good. This is from Charlie Kaufman at Charlie Kaufman on Twitter. There's a Popeye's chicken opening about 200 yards from my house. What rules should I set for myself with regard to amounts, frequency, etc.? Yeah, it's a problem. 600 feet from this man's house, he's going to have a Popeye's. That means he's most likely on certain days when the wind's cutting just right, he's going to be able to smell it. Right? True, but after a certain amount of time, you're going to become sort of um, inoculated to that. You will become a you will actually feel stranger when you don't smell Popeyes. That is hypothetical. My rule. It would is be hypothetical. This. You're right. My rule would be this: don't ever eat at that one. Don't find another one, and if you really want it, drive there. Wow. Don't but do like, it. Don't do dirt where you stay. <laughs> that is exactly my thinking. Don't do it. Just be like, listen, respectfully, you're going to get enough business from everybody else. As a matter of self-control, I'm going to drive to the one or walk. Better yet, why don't you walk to the one two miles away? Two or three. Get a nice four to six mile walk in while you do it. Because your body won't be able to take it. It just won't. Unless you're one of God's own mutants. Mm -mm. That's my advice. That is the most Jason Kirk exercise regimen I've ever heard of. <laughs> I think what I would do is walk to the furthest away one from breakfast for breakfast, hit the close right. one for lunch, and at that point, I'll be done eating for the day. It's a little, it's, you've set up your own Oregon Trail back home. Mm -hmm. This is where we need for, that's, to. That's um, more like the Oregon Trail. Because <laughs> it's making a this trail for the Oregons. This is where we need to point out that everybody on this podcast has very unique theories about how to eat. Right? With varying sure. levels of success in terms of health. Jason, you subscribe to a what I'm going to call the midday pack kill solo, which is to yeah, take down I, as I much do, food I, as you possibly I, can at noon. I do the MC Hammer diet 
try and do one meal and then just let it ride. Just one gigantic meal till it hurts, and then you're just done eating for the day. Yeah, you eat like a boa. MC Hammer talked about this in like 1992. He's like, yeah, and then all I have the rest of the day is orange juice. That man ever look hungry? Nope. And when you think of people who had everything together, you think of MC Hammer. MC Hammer in like 1992, yeah. Official nutritionist of the shutdown forecast. Yeah. Which I find it fascinating because Jason's pretty lean. Like, you know, especially for a blogger. Oh, Jason's in great, great blog shape. Are you kidding me? Seeing these hands, seeing these hands fly across the keys. (laughs) Like Bob James. Um, I think the other approach to this Popeye's quandary is to make it a only if you have company over thing. To say, if I'm by by myself or with the people I live with, it's off limits. But if a friend comes over, if somebody's visiting from out of town, that opens the window. And whether or not you go is sort of, you know, up to the situation. But if you set that line where you say, I only go to the close Popeye's when I have company involved, that will either A, really restrict how much you go, or B, you'll be so social. You'll, your social life is going to be amazing. You'll be doing Craigslist meetups with strangers just so you can go to Popeye's. See, what I can go know. bad? I don't know if you need all this, because I think the good Lord always knows that you get the Popeye's you need at that particular mm. moment. So if if God in heaven looks down and sees... That you've had too much for the week. I don't know. Something's right. gonna go wrong with your order. You're gonna get your order's gonna be like green beans, and that's it. And you'll when say, he close, oh, when well. he closes the door, he gives you a three piece. He closes the door, and you get diet soda, and that's it. I don't know what to tell you. Served served in a bucket though, not in a cup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're gonna get a lot of it. You're gonna get your bucket. <laughs> it's just gonna be a, a bucket full of all of rice. That's it. <clears throat> um. All right, this question comes from Matt DeVore, or, uh, sorry, Datmavore, at Matt DeVore on Twitter. What dadding advice would you have given your pre-dad selves? I'll be a dad in a bit. Thank you in advance for the congratulations on the sex. We got another dad question of this sort um, from Jim Shalander, Jimmy Shy, 03 on Twitter as well. Uh, first of all, yes, congrats to all dads on the sex. You did a great job. Um, even if well, you have adopted or, you know, their stepkids, whatever, you know what? you Somebody still had sex. Congrats. <laughs> Maybe uh, you? Maybe. Who's to say? Sure. It's not important. It's a team effort. Point, it's a team effort. That's right. Um <clears throat> Dad advice, I mean, I'm the newest at this, so I have the least to offer, but I do, I will offer this actual serious advice if you are about to be a new father. Minimize all your emotional expectations for the first three to four months of your child's life. I think the worst thing you can do is go into having a newborn and expect it to be this two-way emotional connection, like... Your child physically will not be able to smile for much of its early life. It won't open its eyes a ton. It won't laugh. There's not going to be a lot of, like, tender moments where you feel, oh, my child specifically is connecting with me person to person, especially as a dad. If you're a mom, it's different biologically, chemically, across the board. 
Um, just just get that out of the way. And that way, if you're not expecting from your newborn child this level of emotional connection and filling up your psychological reservoir, it's all it's so much easier to deal with from there. If you are not if your expectations emotionally from your baby are basically nil. That sounds depressing, but it's just about managing expectations. That's yeah. real advice. I think that's pretty clutch. You don't want to set yourself up for like, what's wrong with me? My child doesn't like me. And it's like, <laughs> right. it, it can barely see. Right. So, <laughs> right. It can't see color. It can't like, yeah. Like, it can barely poop, man. I'll never forget the first time my daughter smiled at me and it was like, well, that's cool. She's probably just farting. And, and, that, <laughs> and that, you know, that's relieved some pressure. So she's happy about that. But still, you know, I'll, I'll tell myself it's because she saw me. Um, the other piece of advice I would give is try to have a daughter and not a son. Yeah, hundred um, percent with that. I don't. Who would have a son? I don't know. What kind <laughs> of idiot would have a son? Much less two. You, if you have one, try and switch up your routine. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't have two sons. That's insane. I think that's correct because, at least for the first, I have to make it ten years then you have an entirely different series of concerns and worries that are going to turn your life into a hell of nonstop anxiety, tension, and fear. Mine right now is just getting to 10. I have to make sure that these two boys do not kill each other themselves or me because they are going to attempt all three. Mom's in, off limits. In, in that order of priority. Maybe. Depends. Is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? I don't know. This apparently changes. The memo goes out. I don't read it. So basically having a son is like parachuting onto a relatively easy ski slope where you really just have the beginning is the part you have to worry about. And once you get to the slope, you're good. Whereas no, no, no. A, it's like, no, it's like parachuting onto a black diamond. That's how it starts. At least so where, with my two boys. Where does the easy, where's the easy part? When I hit a tree and die. <laughs> okay. That's the easy part. The easy part is when this process kills me. You don't understand. There's no wood chipper they don't want to crawl into. Right? And here's the other thing. As sons go, you have some real you have some sun ass sons. There's no Yeah, there's no wood chipper they don't want to crawl into. There's no street they do not want to run out into. There is no poison that they do not want to use as suntan lotion. There is no sharp object that they will not pull down from the counter, right? right. This is just It's yeah. like it's it's like living, it's like Temple Run, those games you play on your phone. You're just like, "Yep, this this character is just running headlong towards death, towards spikes and pits and flame, and all you can do is redirect them." That's it. You can't just That's... say stop. Not an option. No, that's that's it, and it's relentless. And they'll do things to you that they don't even... This happened to me, okay? I have a four-year-old. The four-year-old is built like a Viking, okay? And he came over, and he ran over to me, and I had my like legs crossed reading, right? So I had, like, you know, ankle on knee, relaxing, right? Classic dad pose. And he looks at me, winds up his head, and then whips it into the space between my kneecap and the, the little knobby bone uh, at the top of my leg, right? So just whips it right into that soft spot where there's nothing but ligament, right? Yeah. Inflamed a nerve that hurt for a month, and I thought I had torn something. 
That's how hard he headbutted me. And they do this all day long. They like all day long. This is all boys do. They just bang into stuff and demand things, and they want knives and fire and dogs. And uh, then they run into you, and then they hit you, and you go. How could 11 years of combined life experience on this earth hurt so bad? Oh, you, no. You live with an ankylosaur that you have to love. You know, have you ever seen videos of those guys who they, they're friends with lions, right? And they, yeah. there's videos of, here I go into the enclosure, right? And like two lions just jump up on him and are like, hey, buddy. And you see it's like taking it out of him. That's every goddamn day. Do you have any and, other parenting advice you want to offer other than have daughters and not sons? Yeah, just don't. Don't. <laughs> yeah, if you're not ready, don't. And you know what? If you're like, oh, no, I think I'm ready. You're not. So just, you know, like if you have a scintilla of doubt, don't. I love them man. dearly. But, man, they're going to go back and listen to this and be like, we were like dogs. And I'm like, no. Oh, you can put, do- you can put You can put dogs outside. No. Society will have crumbled by then, and nobody's going to bother to make sure podcast feeds still work fantastic i love you sons it's all working out um jason you got another one <clears throat> let's see here um um another one people asked a lot of was what is your favorite video game like i don't even know who to credit on that because like five different people asked some variation of that for some reason this audience attracts people who sit and you know stare at tv screens or pushing buttons i i don't know i don't know why um it's a pretty pretty open question like now or ever or as a kid or i don't know where let's 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 put non-sports on it because again we're not talking about we're not yeah i I definitely would not say a certain defunct series by ea sports (laughs) By that you nope. mean head EA's uh, hit series head I'm, coach. I'm referring you, to the where you uh, played where you played Madden, but you only called the plays. No, no, the college baseball game. Right. Yeah. Um, I can. I can. I can start. I have a definitive please. list. I've thought about this a lot. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Number one. That's like the best, most fulfilling game experience I've ever had. That transcended video games. That was just like a fun thing I got to do for a while. Right. So that's up there in terms of really su- like super, but simple games that I couldn't quit playing. Whew, the original Super Mario Brothers because I'm like a, I'm a pro. That's fine. I don't have any like seriously delicate or elitist preferences when it comes to video games. That game ruled, and I played a ton of it. If I had to pick like an all-time favorite series, it would probably have to be Zelda. I mean, I have a Zelda tattoo, so. Can't really veer too far away from that one. Um, it's a good tap. It's a good tap, by the way. It's pretty good. It's from the NES game. Um, it's like it's just something that you know. I remember as a as a very small child, first learning what video games are, and like going from, you know, here's a game where you get points, and you get points, and you get points, and then you're done. To this other game where they just literally throw you out in the world with you don't even have a sword. You got to find it. You know, and you're just wandering around. No one is telling you what to do. There are no points. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, growing up with versions of that in middle school and high school, and now like seeing my daughter play the new one, like I'd probably go with that. Just the absolute mm. minimum of the game telling me what to do, you know, but still being more stuff than you could possibly ever do if you tried to do it all. Ooh, Portal. 
I loved Portal. Portal is an amazing game. Came with the orange box, right? Actually, that and TF2, Team Fortress 2, like, combined. The orange box may be the best, like, bang for buck ever if you bought it. And I got it used, which means that, like, I got 5,000 playing hours out of about 20 bucks. Can I ask a potentially harmful question? Um, have either of you played... When's the last time either of you played Goldeneye? I haven't, like, gone back and played it, so I guess high school we, so. I, Yeah, we cracked, we, we cracked it out with some friends, like, three years ago. What was your experience? My experience is that if you blow a lot of stuff up at once, it slows down to completely unplayable. That was my experience. Otherwise, it's a blast. I find it very hard to go back. Like, I, I truly loved it when it was of the moment, but it is so... It is viscerally unpleasant to play in a lot of ways. Mm. You know what actually still holds up, though? Super Mario 64. Sure. Super Mario 64 is gorgeous. And you can still drop the penguin off of the side of the cliff. And it's just as rewarding. Take the baby penguin to the mom. (laughs) Do you want to retry this level? (laughs) No. (laughs) Did what I came to do. This is what I wanted. (laughs) This is what I wanted. It's a metaphor for life. (laughs) The cruelty. This penguin penguin was about the future. It's about the future. Why would I want to do that again to that baby penguin? Um, the God, this is a boring answer, but Godfrey will appreciate it. The uh, recent Batman video games are very good. They're, Ooh, yeah, they're very fun. Just because they, you know what? It's just fun to kick ass as Batman. It's not terribly compli- more complicated than that. Just being able to just beat a bunch of dudes up. As Batman, yep, deeply satisfying. Here for it, fine with it. No, nope. good with we're it. We're ta- we're talking console. I don't want to open up the like, I don't want to open up the vast universe of desktop games or get involved in that war, which somehow ends up with us being like, I don't know, bl- blacklisted on the internet and working with the alt right. Um, but it's close. You can get it for console, the Sim games, any one of the Sims. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Sim games and of Civilization. Um, I, the only reason I'm not a bigger fan is because they have a sort of crack quality to them. They're a little methy. You'll play them for so long that you're like, man, I can well, that's, it, feel that's a time lot, destroying that's a, me. That's kind of a lot of video games at this point. There are very few now. And I feel like that's a big distinction that you can just be like, okay, I'll play that for an hour. Most of them are like, goodbye to your Friday. Well, I find yeah. cancel cancel your doctor's appointment. I mean, as I as I as my uh, reflexes age, <laughs> I find that it lines up well with like um, with with playing games. Like if you know, if I'm trying to play, what is the what, Far Cry? You know, something like real intense right. and fast paced or whatever. Right. I'm gonna play it for like 45 minutes and be like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. That's my cardio. Ugh. If I play Call of Duty for like <laughs> eight minutes, like okay, get 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 this out of my sight. I'm 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 tired. You know. But if it's like a, a nice slow paced turn based strategy game, you know, I'll, I'll outlast anybody on that. <laughs> I will I will also like just randomly click through best racing series ever is the Dirt series. All of them, if you haven't played them, they're absolutely amazing. Deeply underrated game of Sleeping Dogs. It's supposed to be just like Grand Theft Auto Hong Kong, but it has that Batman style fight system where you can actually like do joint locks and throws and like 
like break people's knees tony jaw style yeah it's unreal and so much fun there's a mission where you end up like like basically handing over a bad guy and you're like to a you know someone and you're like maybe i should kill him and the woman's like no 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 give him to me i'm gonna cook him you're like this game's great (laughs) i didn't expect that um Um, one series i would like to just throw out and just be done with is metal gear solid and i put plenty of time into them played a, a fair number of them and i just look back and i'm like i don't know why i don't I don't it, it the they don't control super well. The story is fucking batshit bonkers. It's I I I'm not sad that they exist, but if you turned around and said, "Hey, uh you can only have played Star Fox or uh, all of the Metal Gear games." I'd be like, "Yep, Star Fox, please." But also, you, I really enjoy everybody ha- like that one media franchise where you're just like, Ugh, I'm along with it. You know, like if you're stuck watching the damn House of Cards or whatever, you know, and it's like, right. shit, there's new House of Cards out. Like, that's how I am with the Far Cry games. Like, oh, God, I don't want to have to play this exact same game that's problematic in new ways that I've already played, beaten three times, but I'm gonna. Yeah, Metal Gear is also, I enjoy that it's made by somebody who I feel like read a book about humans right sure. <laughs> like like an eight-year-old alien who read a book about humans and is like a human would enjoy this story <laughs> hey there's a sniper character what should she be she should be a woman in a bikini she should be mutant sexy mutant sexy because she breathes through her flesh is the uh, it's, a, her ca- it's a character choice it's a character choice also they're clones yeah, it's like it's like why doesn't any why aren't there any dudes who breathe through their flesh? Yeah, well, it's impossible. That, that would only, be only sexy lady does. Yeah. <laughs> also, every dude in that game addresses every dude the same way, like "Hello, you son of a bitch." <laughs> like, that's all, <laughs> like that's the tone for everything, right? Like "Welcome back, asshole." Like yeah. They um they all sound like the ESPN Coors Light guy. Coors Light, the official beer of Metal Gear Solid. Hideo Kojima's crushing cold ones. A oh, man, video we're, game we're... series about body horror. Metal Gear is <laughs> hidden in Colorado. Do you have a sniper rifle? Well, the other good thing about Metal Gear as a series is that it starts with this like super old NES game that was just I mean, ostensibly a, hey, you know, people just want to shoot robots and shit. And then they decided, like, no, let's cram it with mythology. Let's make it deeply. Oh, it's got to it's got to have eight layers. Oh, it's, yeah. It kind of reminds me of those um, those shows about people who make elaborate cakes that are mostly all fondant and seem completely inedible. And you're just like, look, I turned I, I turned I made a cake version of New York City's subway system. You're like, I don't want to eat. That looks terrible. Can I just have like a regular piece of cake? No, this is artistry. Two more franchise yeah. notes. I absolutely love GTA's period. Like they're, they're, they're all good. Some of them are great. The parts of Trevor in GTA 5 and all of San Andreas are like flawless. Assassin's Creed screwed up maybe the best idea for a game ever by insisting that you had to play an assassin's creed game assassin's creed pirates where you're just going around being a pirate and your men are constantly singing sea shanties 
I fucking oh god, the fucking I can't tell you how many times I told them to shut the fuck up. Well, up no. she rises. No, well, stop it, stop it, up she stop rises. it. Well, I don't want to listen to the fucking early in the morning. And you had to you had to collect shanties so that they would sing more than two. Oh yeah, man, that was the best. You collected songs so you didn't go insane. <laughs> so it was like uh, some... it was like crazy water taxi. Right. It was it was like crazy water taxi. And it was the best because it was also kind of Yaw 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 Cause all you would do is go around blowing up boats so you could have a bigger, more badass boat. Right. That's it. That was That's the whole it. thing. There was, was some there was some other plot, but it didn't really matter. Well, like in all Assassin's Creed games, they have to come back and they have to come back and say Yes, but this is all a simulation. And it's the worst part of the game because, like, they can't get away from that conceit. They couldn't have just said, Assassin's Creed Pirates. Ah, we forgot about that part. Just go yo-ho-ho all around this beautiful Caribbean setting. And, you know, run boats over. I've never played any of these games. So it's... It's, oh, there's. I could explain it to you, but honestly, it's it's, 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 virtual, it's, re, it's virtual reality bullshit. It's it's not. Ko, it's Kojima level dumb. Okay, yeah. it's Metal huh. Gear level dumb. So I yeah. thought they were all just set in old timey, but they're not. No, no, it's all. Trust me, you don't want to know. You just so don't. it's like going to a Renaissance fair. Yeah, a little it's bit. Not, you know, even that makes more sense. Oh, okay. one more shout! Shout yeah. out to the original Splinter Cell. The original Splinter Cell, where you got yeah. to go around as Max Fisher, just yeah. wearing an infrared, yeah, just like jumping on people, smacking them in the side of the head, throwing them in closets, sneaking around. Oh, it's a really rewarding game. Related to that, are there people who are super into that like first-person shooter genre, but where you're like a member of a SWAT team or something, and half the controls are like giving orders to your like like uh, I think R- I played Rainbow one- Six. Yeah, I think I played one of those, and I was like, "This, I just no, I just can I just have a gun and just run through this terrorist operation? I don't really want to like plan." Yeah, like in Rainbow Six, you gotta draw out like waypoints in like a wireframe building. Like, why can't we just run in there? It's not, yeah. Don't there's the door. Don't uh, don't don't ask me to don't ask me to plan. That's don't. I'm not playing a video right, game. Like, like if I was super into organization and teamwork, I wouldn't be playing a video game by myself <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon in the summer. Yeah, I just don't like. Even when it came to like team based ones, I'm always like super pro chaos. Like that's why Team Fortress was great. It was you know strategically, it would be a lot better if you were an engineer and you're like flamethrower guy. <laughs> Here comes flamethrower guy. Like the- I do like the team games that do a good job of pushing you toward teamwork without making it like you really got to actively think about it. Like the Battlefield games. Those are my favorite first-person shooter games ever. Because, like, if you're playing on a team, you get points for doing stuff that helps your team, but it's not like someone is nagging you about it. Like, if you're the medic, you get points for putting down a med kit that your teammate steps on, which heals him. Because that's how med kits work in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. But it's not like if you don't do that, you're going to be punished or yelled at or whatever. I enjoy playing um, Call of I enjoy playing Call of Duty very stupidly. Like that was always very entertaining, right? There's people who are very strategic about it. I like just going in with the riot shield and Billy Club. <laughs> just guns are for cowards. I thought this was a medieval film. Shit. <laughs> Working for Mel Brooks. 
All right. Next question. This comes from Tex in China on Twitter. What's your favorite podcast? Let's agree right now to eliminate um, Vox Media Family Podcast from the discussion because they're all great and you should listen to them. Yeah, you should have Correct. them all on loop. I am very partial to everything the McElroy brothers do. My yeah, brother, would, my brother, and me is really great. Um, the Adventure Zone is really great. It's nerdy as hell, but and it's if you, I am not a person who's into Dungeons and Dragons at all. Never played it. Don't really necessarily want to. Uh, but it ended up being a hell of a storytelling podcast. It's still going. They're almost near the finale of like a two-year story arc. Um, but if you want like the lighter experience and the easier way to start, I would highly recommend Mabim Bam. Uh, I was going to say Sawbones. Oh, that's, it. that's like, a good yeah. one too. Yeah, so, like because that's uh, that's it, my wife and I have widely divergent tastes. The one thing we can agree on is gross medical things. So if I can throw the McElroy Bros and uh, Lady McElroy, uh, Sydney. Who's it? The actual doctor. That's my favorite. Yes. Is that on Sawbones? It's about medical freakery, right? And various topics, and they go very deep on them. And the best part is that um, I believe it's Justin, correct? Yes. Uh, Ju- Justin's a complete idiot when it comes to this, and that works really well because his wife's a doctor. So they just get to sit there and like he gets to like act very dumb and entertaining, and I say that with all due affection, uh, and she gets to explain things. It's magnificent. I Jeez. would probably go with uh, Jesus versus Miro because I have noticed, at least among non-sports podcasts, because I've noticed, I've probably done this like a dozen times, like try to listen to, you know, I, I think it is, I subscribe to probably like 10 or 15, and I'll try to add one to the rotation, get like 10 minutes in, and it's just like, yeah, no, no, and then for whatever reason, in that moment, I always go straight to Jesus versus Miro, and... um the thing that always amazes me is the level of energy they bring. <laughs> like they put more into their five minute and ever growing intro than like, you know, most podcasts put in their entire hour. And then they go for like an hour and 40 minutes. It's like 100 minutes of just rapid, like New York speed, you know, humor. Um, and it's hilarious. And, uh, at like, honestly, at some point it's just like an amazing physical feat. Like, how can they stay this up for a full 100 minutes? I mean, they record from a place called Red Bull Studios, so maybe that's part of it. We can't uh-huh. even we can't even keep the Skype connection going that long. Yeah. Exactly. I will I will listen to any Chapo episode uh where they do Seb Gorka. That's It's an amazing imitation, and he's usually calling from like a tinny fake phone filter saying things like, "Come on down to the White House." I will listen to any Chapo episode that has Seb Corka. Other than that, my podcast diet, other than the topic we're not discussing, mm-hmm. pretty light. That's healthy. That's fine. Wait, one more. Quirks and Quarks. That's another one my wife and I will listen to in the car. It is the Canadian Public Broadcasting's uh, like network's science podcast, and I listen to it exclusively for the Canadianness. It is. They'll be like... <laughs> The intros are my favorite. Oh, we have, uh, I'm, I'm Bob McDonald, and I'm welcoming <laughs> Professor Bob McDonald. Bob McDonald from Ottawa. How, how, are, how are you? Did and Bob, like, I'm good. Oh, how are you? So, sorry to interrupt. But... <laughs> oh, no, it's, 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 
and, and it's all very like somebody will go, so I understand you've been doing some really influential work with um with dung beetles. Yeah, yeah. Dung beetles are fascinating. I'll bet. Like it's yeah, it's it's a kind of sincerity and real affection for life that I can really can't identify with and just like listening to out of envy mostly. It seems nice, yeah. I, I'll also put on for <clears throat> as a as a father, I'll also put on for Dan Carlin, <clears throat> the man of the six hour history podcast. Because, bro, if you want to spend a, a Saturday morning on some yard work and then going to the outlet mall to look at some new New Balance shoes and then back to do some more yard work and then do a Home Depot run and then go to pick up lunch at the, let's say, mm, whatever's on sale, I guess. Yeah, that's, that'd be the dad choice. Um, and then finish off yard work. And then go sit by the pool and listen to exactly one podcast in the entire time. And it's about, like, you know, part three of the series on Mongolia. There you go. And then you got, like, four, you, you know, you've, you've absorbed, like, four facts that entire time that you can then reuse. All right. I'm going to give you guys one. I'm going to tweak it a little. It's very specific. The question comes from Stephen Kahn at Stephen Kahn 12. The question is, where do you rank Minority Report? Among the best movies of 2002. Here's what I'm going to do. I have the IMDb page for 2002 open, and I'm going to name a movie, and I just want you to each tell me, and you can expand expand on it however you like, if Minority Report is better or worse than this movie. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Sum of All Fears. Better. Worse. <laughs> divisive. This is Minority divisive. Report is worse than The Sum of All Fears, Spencer? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid you're going to get this answer a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, <Wow>. Signs. <laughs> Which one Better. did I enjoy more? Better. Well, um, the signs, the one good part is there's Mel Gibson is sprinting around a farm and he's screaming, I am insane with anger. And it's like his character is not insane with anger, but you're also like, this is totally normal for Mel Gibson. So he's like, that is. He'd be- it's, it's some real meta stuff. Yeah, but Minority Report is better. Okay. Eight Mile. Worse. Uh, Eight Mile's awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll go worse. The The last few minutes of Eight Mile are really good. I don't remember much of the rest. Star Wars Episode Two Attack of the Clones. Oh boy. Oh boy. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> a few thoughts. <laughs> One of forty two. <laughs> so uh, we re- you got? we we rewatched recently our third trip through the entire thing, uh, now including Rogue One, um, and I think I realized that I like two more than one because two is at least so stupid it's funny and like you know two feels like a very um, there's is like Jar Jar, that... is Jar Jar a senator in two? Is that yeah. a thing? Yeah. Okay. They, cool. they they sort of moved him to the sidelines. He's important now and he doesn't talk. Um, like two is just stupid funny, you know, it's not good, but it, nothing about it is like, oh, I'm so angry that I'm watching this. One is infuriating and awful. Um, but as that relates to Minority Report, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's better than Minority Report. Uh, I'm going to go worse than Minority Report. Chicago. Uh, Minority Report's better. It's better than Chicago. It's better than Chicago. (laughs) 
you might have uh, picked one, you might have picked what you might have picked one of the few movies where I would just would have been is the next one Rain of Fire Rain because of I will fire. tell you nothing is better in 2002 than the movie Rain of Fire. So <laughs> that was the one answer. with McConaughey versus a dragon, right? And Christian Bale's in it. And I Christian Bale on Dragon. Man, that's your best picture. <laughs> I don't give a shit. What won that year? Best picture 2002? Yeah. Chicago, uh, I think. Probably, yeah. Huh. Never saw man, it wasn't Rain of Fire? That's incredible. No, no, it was it was in fact Chicago. Um, which beat out please hold. Gangs of New York, The Hours, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The Pianist. Oh, the two towers yeah. is so much better than all those. Come on. Yeah, the, most of those are better than Minority Report. <laughs> yeah, I can and see Rain why Minority Report wasn't nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> so I got excited because I'm on the Wikipedia page for that Academy Awards, and I started to um, search on the page "Rain," and I got results. Um, no, it's actually Best Foreign Language Film that it was giving me. So, Rain of Fire not nominated for any Academy Awards. Do they Jason, not know, you know he know? dives down a dragon's throat? I think so, I think it was too real for cinema at that point. Man, you got you, you remember for a while, man. McConaughey was just paying some rent. <laughs> he just had too many houses. He, he was Omar Look, Sharif in it. He's over leveraged. He's just trying to he's just trying to pick up some cash, man. Speaking of trying to pick up some cash, man. <clears throat> so uh, we have exactly one clean shaven person on this program is that correct yeah hi it's me it's ryan believe it or not spencer always has a large beard and i'm very lazy however if spencer or i were to ever try and get fresh like ryan uh one way that we would go about that would be by signing up with dollarshaveclub.com in fact if we were to do so today this very day uh, new members, such as ourselves, would get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. Can you imagine that? Like, you get you get to shave like you're the boss. You, your, your skin is so smooth that people just walk up to you and ask you whether the um, marketing team should do the marketing or not. It's incredible. Uh, after that, razors are just a few bucks a month. Also, in your first month box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges. I think you thought they stopped making cassettes, didn't you? You thought you thought Ghostface, the purple tape, that was the last cassette anyone cared about? No. Nope. Dollar Shave Club is bringing it back. Uh, also, you get another tube of shave butter. You'll be drowning in shave butter. After that, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. You can get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash fullcast. You don't have to type it in once you're at the website. You type it in before you get there. That's, that's convenience on your way in. dollarshaveclub.com slash fullcast. We got our own webpage on their I mean, site. Look, look, the films of 2002 prove the value of clean shavenness. Lord of the Rings and Two Towers. Who's got, who's got facial hair? Aragorn. What does he do? He murders. Mm-hmm. He's a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, Gollum doesn't have facial hair. All he's trying to do is collect jewelry. Gangs like, of yeah, New York. Gangs of New York. You know who has facial hair there? Daniel Day Lewis, doesn't he? Yeah. Bill yeah. the Butcher. He throws, he throws knives at folks. You know who didn't even get nominated? Both leads in Reign of Fire. Both with beards. Heavy, heavy beards. Mm hmm. It's probably why Tom Cruise didn't get nominated for a minority report. 
It's true. He was a little stubbly. You know who was clean shaven? Richard Gere. Hey, Smooth. you know who's not? You know who's not clean shaven? Fucking George Lucas. Mm-hmm. That's right. His entire throat beard. Over the goiter. That's, there's actually a whole second head down there that he doesn't want you to know about. It's <laughs> my, my feeding sack. That's where, that's where the good ideas are. Yeah, that's what happened. He lost all jaw integrity somewhere around Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Although, if you think about it, who's eaten more rich food in their lives than George Lucas? Like, no, like why like wouldn't he's he? collapsing. My dentist told me to brush with clarified butter. <laughs> so I did for so three did. years. So I did. I CGI. I, don't worry. I'm going to CGI good health in later, three years later. Well, it's going to be great. I was gurgling mouthwash, and I forgot to spit up the bottle. It's still in there. Star Wars is a, it's a beard. Hey, I can think of one person who had a beard in Star Wars. You know what happened to him? That's right. Darth Maul ran him through. The, it, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, same thing. Yeah, Same well, thing. and also, Chewie had to watch his best friend get killed by his dad. Yeah. Chewie needs, I'll, I'll be honest, I Chewie needs Chewie, more than a razor. So. Chewie's, Chewie's more of a mustache, so I don't know if he counts. Because, <laughs> like, like, his entire body is a beard, but what looks like has actually been styled is just a mustache. Him, yeah. him and um, uh, Lando. I mean, hey. even, even Lando, let's be honest... Dollar Shave Club doesn't mean you have to go fully clean. Sh- like, Lando's clearly stylizing that face. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's He's yeah. making choices. That's, that's, what Lobot, that's what Lobot is. You know that guy with the, like, like consoles on the side of his head? Right? Order more on? razor. Order Lobot. more razors. Beep, beep, Lo- beep, boop. Order Lobot's, more razors. <laughs> Lobot's his barber. Lobot's like, I got to keep you looking good. Get you a lineup. If you, if you don't have a Lobot, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> You know who, one last thing. You know the you know the most clean shaven character in the entirety, like like smooth as a baby's bottom, covered with a fine veneer of slime. The Rancor, and like obvious, arguably the most handsome creature in the entire series. Certainly beloved. Well, and think about it. Vader is pretty hairless, right? You want to be powerful like Vader, right? Yeah, but that's but that that he went about that a different way. He see see folks, if you try to get fresh and clean like Darth Vader. Without DollarShaveClub.com, you're going to lose all your limbs and catch on fire. <laughs> Be left on the fiery waste of Mustafa. That's, that's what's going to happen. Your best friend will I have chop a que- off your legs. I have a question. Uh, it's from uh, at Katie Gator. Top oh, this low- is, I like this question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, top low-key places to visit, a.k.a. where should I go that people won't tell me about what they did when they went there i have an international suggestion i bet you do ireland and here's why the food is not amazing there's no like oh my god you have to try this charred blobity no the food in ireland is pretty low-key the scenery is great and the people are very nice but in terms of like stuff the english kind of burned most of it so there are a lot of places you can go to in Ireland where it's like, uh, here are our city's greatest church once stood, and then the English tore it to pieces. Here's a scale model. There's a lot of that. Even people in Ireland don't have a lot to do. I mean, yeah, people will go to Dublin and be like, oh, we saw the Book of Kells, and we went to the Guinness factory. But, like, those are the two things. 
So I could take this to mean two things. One, these kind of perfectly unmemorable experiences, right? Or, or it, like when you say indescribable, I'm not saying because of the magnitude of greatness. I'm saying because, I don't know, you can just go there. It's fine. Right, right. Right? And you don't have this list of things. Like if you go to Paris, you know, you're like, okay, I got to see these like 14 things. These 14 must do things. The alternate is that maybe Katie's asking, where are places to go where you'll do stuff that you won't ever tell anyone you did? Oh, I see. Great. <laughs> right? So, so I like your answer you because... you join an Irish gang is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I joined an Irish gang. I killed someone there. Yeah, that those kind of things. Um, so if I was to say top low-key places to visit uh, in the nice sense, in the benevolent sense, right? Where you just say, oh, man, that was pleasant. Uh, hey, you know what? That's Portland. Port, like, I don't know what I did in Portland. Yeah, no, it's just chill. You know, if you go to, like, Montana or Wyoming or Colorado, you're like, oh, I did this trail and I did this thing. If you go to Portland, the whole MO is to not really intentionally do anything, right? Like, you might have one event where you're like, I don't know, we went to the Rose Garden, saw some bridges. I don't know, it's very pleasant. That's the point. Most things in Oregon are exactly that, by the way. Whole state of just pleasant, kind of vaguely memorable experiences. So that would be my first answer to, in the positive sense, sure, go to Oregon. It's great because you won't remember it. If it's a place that you are going to go do things that you don't want to tell anyone about or you won't tell anyone about, hmm, I think New Orleans is undefeated for that. In the United now, States, at least. New Orleans is a little too pro, like, nah, it's okay. Everybody's been there. People are very forthcoming about, even if they're only giving you a third of the story, people are pretty forthcoming about, like, yeah, I got uh, handcuffed to a police barricade because I I vomited on my wedding tuxedo. I think Key West is more where you want to go. Mm, yeah. That's a good one. Because <laughs> you're going to spend a lot of time just getting to the island that you're staying on right 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 and key west is more about like yeah there are dicks out but it's cool you don't have to bring it up yeah, I, I will like, also do okay, a just keep this keep this between friends <laughs> i will do a secondary nomination for this mobile yeah yeah I was, gonna <laughs> say, I was gonna i was gonna say mobile i swear yeah uh, we went there a few months ago and if you want like extremely new orleans light with a, a, a dash of, you know, you want the beach nearby, but you don't want, like, the trashy east side of Florida Beach. You know, you want the nice the nice chill golf action. There you go. I mean, Mobile invented Mardi Gras. Look it up. Um, there's there, there are nice restaurants. I had several. Uh, the weather is not bad. Um, there's a battleship. You can go look at the battleship. Yeah, a Mo- Mobile's the finest city in Alabama and one of our most underrated cities yeah also you'll probably end up getting so drunk you do something you either regret want to tell people but shouldn't or it's caught on videotape that's that's another that's another low-key mobile thing everyone i know has ever been to mobile is like oh yeah i went there pause 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 you'll get suspended for that you don't even oh shit i gotta take that out <laughs> damn it <laughs> beep beep no you're talking, about, said there, you're talking about literally a bowl of eggs yep um, Jason, you got one more for us. 
Let's see here. Um, <clears throat> we, we got this one a lot as well, and I like the account name on this particular one. This one is News Throwaway One, indicating this person made this account just to keep up with stuff, not to be tracked. It's a it's 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 a burner account that this person has used best, to ask us the this best question. Use of Twitter. That's the best <laughs> use of Twitter in twenty seventeen by far. This question is so contentious and, and raises such emotion in certain parts of the country that this, this person had to use the burner account to ask it. Preferred barbecue style. Um, I'll tell you mine, because mine's a little bit weird. I like the Texas brisket. Um, I like everything. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, pork is trash, or, you know, or, or Memphis ribs are trash. or I mean, I, I will tell you Kansas City barbecue sauce is trash, but I like everything else. Everything else. I don't like this, the, the goopy sweet ketchup crap. Um, but everything else is good. So I like the Texas brisket, but with a horrifying mishmash of all the Carolinas. Give me the nastiest spicy vinegar mustard sauce. Put that on some brisket that's been smoked in a cave for, you know, a, a whole day. That's the best meal on earth. What you've just described is basically like the medical device salesman's route putting food <laughs> for exactly um i just i think i have a hard time answering these questions because i am pretty sauce agnostic to the point where most of the barbecue that i have had and really enjoyed i think was sauce free I don't yeah. think it other I mean maybe it was prepared in something but I didn't add any myself. You're both taking very generous, charitable approaches to barbecue. Yeah, that's why you're here. Yeah, I appreciate that. Texas makes the best barbecue. Everybody else is like fifth place. Y'all can eat it. I don't care. They do it better. They do pork better. They do beef better. They do chicken better. It's all better. I'm not even from Texas. I just acknowledge things that are universally true. Also, I'll say this. Georgia barbecue, with the exception of three places I can name on my hand, trash. Florida barbecue, worse. <laughs> Florida absolute, barbecue. <laughs> Florida barbecue is absolute fucking garbage. Like, just Florida barbecue, like, just the worst. You know, Sonny's. Well, Sonny's in Gainesville. Sonny's in Gainesville is a chain. They're like, come get some barbecue. It's like cold. I don't even want to call it pork. It's pig corpse. That's how gross it is. My, sis sunny, my, sis my sister worked at one of the sunnies in Gainesville in college for about a year. She had some stories, man. Not, not a damn, not, not a damn decent spot in the entire state. Just garbage, like wall to wall, constant garbage. There's like three and, really and, good places here. And here's the thing. Somebody's going to light up your mentions now with like, nah, there are these like four good places scattered across the state. And that's only good for you because maybe there's a glimmer of hope or you'll just block them and mute them. No, no, I'll just let them. I'll mute them. I'll just let them howl into the void forever. Notice me! Nope, sorry, too busy eating this delicious beef rib that's made in the state of Texas, which is better than any other barbecue you can care to throw out there. That's it. Like, it's just, it's better. Sorry. Here's how you know, here's how you know, I, all right, I'll take your side. Here's how you know Texas is the barbecue king. Other states, you don't hear about barbecue places going up in fire, and the owner's like, well, we knew that was going to happen. And we'll, we, we will rebuild and go right back. We will change nothing. <laughs> like In Texas, they're like, mm, yeah, we did have a pretty good thick smoke ring across the entire building. 
In Texas, you see people see working it. in barbecue places that look like they're actually cured. The guy who worked <laughs> Schmitty's, who worked in Schmitz, right? Uh, just um, like legendary barbecue place just outside of Austin uh, in Lockhart. There's a guy there who has like, first of all, in his back, he's, he's, he's big enough of a dude that he has the three hot dogs at the back of his neck, right? Shaved head, the three hot dog fat roll right there at the back of the neck. And when he starts sweating and he's kind of florid anyway, he looks like he has cured himself by standing over the barbecue for that long. I think the, you don't have that kind first... of, you don't have that kind of commitment. <laughs> well, it's kind of a Texas thing, but the first key to any barbecue place is, well, first of all, is there smoke? If there's not smoke, you might want to take your business elsewhere. If you, if you, if you pull up and they, we got burgers and we got a barbecue sandwich. Well, you said burgers first. So therefore you probably do not <laughs> actually have a barbecue sandwich. You probably have a pork sandwich with ketchup on it. Um, the second is the size of the menu, because if the menu is, you know, a page of burgers, a page of salads, a page of chicken sandwiches, a yeah, page it's of not, barbecue. It's not a diner. Yeah, no, you want like a ma- max one page front and back. Yeah, I want like, okay, how many ribs do you want? And do you want mac and cheese or fries? Like, that is like the ideal menu. And may- maybe something green somewhere in there. Sure. Uh, wink, wink, probably not. Um you have to have a focus. And, like, you know, people talk about dreamland. This is always a college football talk. Excuse me. Sorry, I didn't mean to say those words. Oh, no. God damn it. This is always, this is always a, a, a sports topic. Um, is dreamland barbecue in Tuscaloosa? The original in Tuscaloosa is fine. It's not the best in the city. It's fine. It's pretty good. It's got a nice sparse menu. Um, I think they serve, like, maybe, like, six things. But then the chain extensions, which there's a new one coming in Athens. I can say the name of that town. Uh, that I assume will be it's a, a chain it's a, variety. It's a music. It's a music town first. So, <laughs> with um, just a sprawling menu, and none of it's good. So keep your menus lean and tight. If you're starting a barbecue joint, do like three things well, and just yeah, do it how Texas does it. But give me uh, give me a nice light sauce that makes your face curl up in pain. Here's the real secret. Um, If a potted plant can survive in your barbecue restaurant, you're doing it wrong.